0: You're listening to the Girls Gang podcast, where we might forget our chemistry books, our maths books, and our English books, and my, let's see, our French books. But one thing we never forget is our horror books. It's September, and as autumn approaches, we are getting bookish, talking all things horror literature. And this is a very special episode of Ghouls Gang because this time I am not going to be joined by just one guest, but we are spoiling you with two. The format is also going to be slightly different as rather than having a one-on-one conversation about a film, I'm going to be interviewing two amazing people in the horror community whose passion and work is focused mainly around books. So with that being said, I am thrilled to introduce my first guest, who is the book reviewer for The Fabulous Hero Scream and has been featured in the Outsider Zine and as well as writing all about gaming. She's also one of the sunniest and most lovely people I have come across in the community. She's interviewed me before, but now it's my turn to ask the questions. Welcome, Nina.
1: Thank you so much. How the tables have turned. <laughs>
0: oh, I got to seek revenge. <laughs>
1: yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when I was thinking of who to have on this episode, you were the first person that came to my mind because you're, as I say, the book reviewer at Hear a Scream, and uh, we've spoken before, and you've always got such a good energy and amazing insights. So um, before we get into our little chat, do you want to just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you get up to?
1: Of course, uh, my name is Marina. I'm a Brazilian book reviewer, and so what sometimes makes me very sad is that I want to get all the indie horror books, but mostly I can't because either they're not available in Brazil or they're like 200 reais, (laughs) which is a little much. Uh, I love gaming. Sometimes, as you said, I I write about that. Uh, I've been dipping my toes in writing about movies. Hopefully, sometime soon, I'll have out a piece about Fear Street and uh, cool. binary gender roles represented by Dina and Sam's relationship, which I'm super excited about. I uh, love doing anything here is cream related. Uh, invading my friend's podcasts every chance that I get I was so excited when you invited me
0: yeah it's an invitation it's not an invasion it's an
1: invitation (laughs) usually it's invaders I like text them like yo can can I be on the podcast (laughs) and um, yes I think that's it being a little weirdo on the internet
0: oh we love it we love all weirdos are welcome at ghouls gang (laughs) and I love that as well it's like it's interesting to hear you talk about that you it's a lot harder for you to find things because it's so easy now that like there's no fun like it used to be sort of when I first started like watching horror it used to be like the fun was in the search of you were looking for something and it was hard to find but now it's just everything's just a click of a button so I'm a little bit envious that you know you you get to go on more of a horror treasure hunt
1: (laughs) Oh, I mean in, in Brazil sometimes it's still a treasure hunt because like it's not available on like streaming platforms in Brazil. We still don't have Shutter, which I'm what? very upset about. Oh no. <laughs> hashtag bring Shutter to Brazil.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, will, we will start that hashtag
1: and yes. we we'll see what we
0: can do. <laughs> <laughs> so I found you then through here a scream um, uh, a fantastic I mean I don't even know what I call it because it's so many things it's a website it ha- they produce anthologies we've now got zines I mean it's just an all singing all dancing bag of horror deliciousness really yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you've got a huge love for horror literature because you do some amazing work over there with Kat at Hear a Scream so can you tell us more about like how you got into that role at Hear a Scream and sort of maybe like what's the sort of what's a day in the life of a book reviewer because I've often wondered what that must be like how stressful it must be having to like how many books do you have on your table at one time and how do you prioritize so can you tell us a bit about that?
1: Yes, uh, I first got into like writing about horror. I had just graduated from college in the middle of the pandemic. I uh, had to move back to my mom's house. so it was like, a little lost, trying to find something to do. And I saw the opportunity to write for the Outsider zine, the Stephen King zine. And I sent my pitch to Steph McKenna, wonderful editor, by the way. And she liked it. She published it. And I was like, oh, my God, I love to do that. I want to do that more. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the call for the first Hero Scream anthology. Mm-hmm. And so I pitched to Kat, and they loved it. And as we were exchanging emails about the anthology and my essay, they were like, oh, we're going to be starting a website if you want to pitch something for the website. And I did, and I just started Pitching review after review of books and (laughs) until I came into my role as the the book reviewer, (laughs) which I love. And my day-to-day, it's a lot of online shopping for books, (laughs) which I already did before anyway. So now I, I can say, you know, I'm doing this for my job. It's professional, actually, to be spending a fortune in books. Oh, it's it's, part of the job. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A lot of trolling Twitter and TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, you know, trying to discover new books and new voices. Also, hearing different perspectives uh, about certain books and authors that have some problematic issues with them that I would not have noticed otherwise and now i'm training myself to look Mm -hmm. for those things to to be an ally Mm. Uh, i then organize a tbr completely ignore the tbr because i'm a mood reader (laughs) (laughs) i rarely stick to to tbrs uh a lot of email pitches to cat but they're wonderful and i don't think they've ever rejected a pitch before (laughs)
0: Oh, I love that. And they're very (laughs) supportive of new writers as well, which I totally love, and indie writers, because that's where a lot of the great ideas and you know, that's there's so much imagination going on and talent in that area. So I love that Hero Scream support that.
1: Hero Scream is a little special corner on the internet. Um, I write a lot of notes for the reviews as I read a sentence, random thoughts the the structure and then afterwards i go and try to organize those into paragraphs which another fun fact is that I i've never written a review or anything ever in order i just write random paragraphs and then after i figure out the order they go in
0: <laughs> okay <laughs> So you don't start with, you don't have like a solid structure. You sort of just get all your thoughts down and then you look at, well, how does this best flow on the page? And you arrange it like that.
1: The little puzzle. And I'm like, no, this goes better. This (laughs) goes better there. A a little messy. Um, I have uh, a rule for myself is that if I dislike uh, a book by an indie author, unless it's for reasons of like the text was bigoted, uh, I don't review it because I just, you know, don't think Mm -hmm. that's nice. They're starting, it's their passion, and I don't want to contribute to bad reviews about an indie author. Uh, Unless, of course, it's bigoted, and then I will tear it apart. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Uh, Usually before I write my own review, or, you know, before I publish, at least, I... Like to read as many other reviews, especially negative reviews about it, if I can again to see if there was any problematic elements in the book that I missed. Okay. And then if there were, there were, I reflect. Sometimes I reread a certain passage to see. And usually I'm like, yeah, they're right. This is not okay. And so I add uh, to the review a little disclaimer or my thoughts on it. And this helped me read a little bit more critically about those issues, you know, because after some time you train yourself to identify those elements when you come yeah. across them. Uh, you And then with Hero Scream, I just add the review to our Trello. I wait for the editing from the wonderful Violet and Cat. And then it's all good to go, approve the edits, and then the baby is born. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're like a, a, a literature midwife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's really interesting to hear your process because I've done I've done a couple of book reviews for, for ghouls and a few other sites, and I remember reviewing one book and sending out a picture to Zoe of... <laughs> it was just brimming with post-it notes because it was a book of essays, so it wasn't, like, one narrative. So it was, like, you know, like 15 different essays And I was like, how on earth do I capture all this? And I was so nervous that I would miss things or not do justice to something that it was just bulging with posters.
1: (laughs) Usually with like essays or short story collections, I start my document and then I have notes for each story or each essay. And then depending on the number, stories that there are I usually select like three to five favorites and then I focus on those so I don't have to cover everything
0: yeah that's a really great <laughs> tip or I try and look for you know if there's threads or themes that seem to run throughout like multiple essays like I, I think that's a good approach as well but um so think I'm thinking back then of um your journey with books and horror literature specifically like where do you think i guess so let's start with just if it if it was non horror then that's fine as well but where do you think your love of books sort of stem from and can you can you remember like formative books that were really important to you in your like journey
1: uh i was and i and i am a very privileged person that my mom had the the financial ability to to support this and ever since like from a very very young age she was always very supportive of reading She used to take me to bookstores all the time. She read to me before bedtime. Uh, She read comic books to me. And she did the voices for the characters. And we have a little joke in our family that years and years before I was even considered a project that she would take on, she saw a kid begging their mom for books and you know they were obviously like from a wealthy family so the mom had the means to pay for them and she was like no I'm not buying you any more books I already had to buy you books for school and then she turned to whoever she was with and said oh if my kid ever asks me for a book and I have the means to pay for it, like, I'll never deny them a book, uh, which she played herself, because now I have over a thousand, and she's still <laughs> suffering with that. Uh,
0: yeah, because books are not cheap.
1: Yes. And then uh, she was very determined to instill like, in me the habit of reading. And since I was born in 98, like, computer and technology wasn't, as present as it is today when I was growing up. And the second I learned how to read, I think I was like six or seven, she gave away our computer. So there were no computers at home when I was growing up until I was 12 or 13 and I had already developed the the reading habit that she wanted. Uh, I loved the Goosebump series ever since I was a little kid. (laughs) I love books about witches and werewolves and like kids in peril especially because of childhood trauma <laughs> when I was like four Cute or five trauma. yeah yes spice <laughs> I add I had a little spice and so I wanted to read books about kids that were also like struggling and facing scary things because it was like my way of learning how to fight alongside them and it made me very happy so goosebumps uh, fear street uh a lot of tiny horror books for children that I, I still have most of them oh wow uh when i was 13 i read my first stephen king book
0: okay which was,
1: yes it was night shift which is a, a short story collection and till this day, like my favorite book of his mm-hmm. i love it so much uh I've always read a little bit of everything when I was younger again like 12 13 I got really into romance which is something I you know not not don't enjoy as much anymore unless it's gay (laughs) (laughs) a lot of YA books I love 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 YA especially mystery thriller YA's yeah Uh, mystery books, thriller books, non-fiction. I love books about books and books about reading, mm-hmm. uh, books on witchcraft and horror as a phenomenon, true crime, uh, not the hugest fan of science fiction and fantasy it has to be like really specific things. And recently a lot of horror because of <laughs> <laughs> my wonderful, wonderful job. <laughs>
0: Yeah I was gonna say is there anything that you don't like but the sci-fi fantasy is is yeah, maybe not, something that is not it's not really your jam.
1: And drama any any book that I know will 100% be sad and I'm like no I'm a very sensitive baby and I cry very easily and I don't need that in my life.
0: <laughs> okay so we want to keep we want to keep it upbeat.
1: Yes unless it's murder and I'm like oh fine. <laughs> spice
0: (laughs) yeah my first my first stephen king book was gerald's game
1: well i could not get through that one i had to put it down i (laughs) could not handle it
0: i was about I want to say it was about nine or ten Jesus! I, I know, I know I'm, um, It was in like a, we were staying in a cottage Like in the countryside And they would always have just books on the shelves And I remember like seeing the, the handcuffs on the cover And being like, it was like silver So it's sort of like shine in the dark And I'd be like, ooh, <laughs> wonder what that's about um, And then reading it and being like Ooh, this is like, this is really adult <laughs>
1: I had, I usually had a lot of those experiences as well, because my mom, she was like, you can read anything you want, I, like, I won't censor it, but if you have any questions about anything, like, you come to me first, and she was always very open about discussing things, but again, there were some books I wish I had not read at that age, because there, there was a lot of porn in them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, your mom sounds cool, though
1: she is she is I love my mom she still (laughs) buys me a lot of books to this day and she's precious
0: (laughs) yeah it's 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 so odd hearing you say that because my I, I specifically remember my dad saying to me you know if you ever want a book I will buy it for you so it must have been a thing um yeah and I would try and sort of go, does that does it count for magazines as well, Dad? And he'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, my mom would the same. But she she loved, I mean, they're not exactly like comic books. They're those little like strips, Garfield style that we have. Oh, okay, called okay, yeah. Uh, to Mother Monica or Monica's Gang and like the Disney ones, because she loved them when she was growing up. But she is the youngest of four sisters. And like, although her parents could afford like a private school, they didn't have much money for everything else. And so she remembers growing up wanting a lot of things and not being able to have them. And so when she had me, she was always like, as long as you are, quote unquote, a good daughter, like you behave and you have good grades and you're, respect- and you're like respectful and I can't afford it. I will never deny you anything that you want, which ended up with me being a little spoiled, but it's okay. It's It's manageable (laughs) (laughs) so then like one of
0: the things like at at home here I I've got my bookshelves and they're so precious to me like I always joke with my partner like if we ever split up you can take the vinyl but I'm taking the books (laughs) (laughs) because they're more important to me like they're very important to me as objects and the experience of of reading a book um physically is something that I feel very close to so I wanted to ask you what's your what your thoughts about the physical experience versus the sort of you know the online um electronic experience of reading books and you know how do you think we can sort of make sure we preserve like the physical you know like literature remaining in its physical format Mm -hmm. like going forward
1: I love reading books in physical form like it's my <clears throat> preferred form of reading and I love I like the smell and the texture but also, yeah. I'm so <laughs> grateful that we got the digital forms especially for accessibility. Uh, there are a lot of books again most books by indie authors that i read and review now for Hear a Scream and Goodreads I would not be able to if there wasn't available as ebooks because I wouldn't yeah. be able to afford them. And um, Audiobooks, especially with people with disabilities and physical disabilities, that sometimes they're not able to physically hold a book for you know a long time. Yeah. And so I love that we have this little mixture now. Mm-hmm. And sadly, we do live in a capitalist society. So I think supporting and buying the physical books is a big part of it, advocating for them. But I'm not too worried about them disappearing because there has been this fear for as long <laughs> as, <chance>. as ever. <laughs> and I think as long as there are people that love it and support it and show up for it, we'll keep having them because stories, they, they have a habit of surviving and keeping on in whatever way they find. And yet I don't think we'll let them end as long as there are little nerdy weirdos out there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's a great point you make about accessibility and having those different options that mean that everybody can have that experience of enjoying these stories. And yeah, I, I have like an Audible account and, you know, I sometimes I prefer that to, to sitting and reading because from a concentration point of view, like there's days where my concentration is just not in the zone of <laughs> sitting down and reading a book. So it's nice to have, it, like you say, it's yes. nice to have options. all those options.
1: And uh, I'm a disaster with audiobooks. I cannot <laughs> focus on thing if it's just audio. I need at least an image or the paper and I just audiobooks 10 minutes in, I'm zoned out. I, I've tried so many times and I'm just in awe of people that can read through audiobooks because I'm just, it's out of my ability, out of my, my range.
0: I can't, like, I can't sort of just sit down and listen to it. I have to, like, be doing a task. So it's like I might pop it on while I'm doing, like, the washing up or, or the laundry or something. <laughs> um. So then... um thinking about your the horror community and like other people that you know throughout your journey so far that maybe you look to like can you tell us a bit about any like inspirational people that you found in in the community
1: it's pretty much gonna be like a list of people from here cream scream <laughs> <laughs> they're like that's my your little, family yeah yes they're my little found family uh <laughs> Caitlin Marceau, wonderful writer, just amazing. Chef's kiss. uh <laughs> Jacob Stephen Moore, I read his short story collection that will be out next year and it was just wonderful. I also love Boris. I'm very sorry because I will butcher his last name. I'm not sure if it's Basic or Bacchic because it's B A C. I see, and uh, I'm Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> I, Blaine, Waterloo, Violet, uh, Kat, Lucy, Celia, again, my editor for the Outsider Zine, Steph McKenna, Riva, you, and I'm just like so surrounded by wonderful Aww. people. And again, my little Hero Scream family. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it sounds like you've got a lovely like community of people there wrapped around you and it's like I'm sure you inspire them as much as like it's just like it's like a girl's it's like we just feed off each other don't you and it's yes, everyone has something Twitter. different to bring to the table and that's so <laughs> nice um so then I think it like I, I was I was thinking, you know, what what else can I ask Nina? And I was looking at my bookshelves, my horror bookshelves, because I have a specific bookshelf for yes. horror. And then I actually I have a suitcase, like it's an old suitcase. I might post a picture on Twitter with like the letter R on it. And it has like my special horror books in it. Oh, <laughs> um, like my reference books that I'm always pulling out. So they're like easy to hand. So my favourites of horror books are definitely horror theory because my brain is just like an analytical yes. brain that's like, tell me, give me insights, like read, like just deconstruct things for me and make me think. So yes. like, what is your favourite like sub-genre of like horror literature? You know, you've talked a bit about comics and you've got all these different interests in, the, in terms of genres, but like, what would you say was your go-to sub-genre?
1: Non-fiction as well. I I love books about books and books about horror. I'm very interested in true crime. And uh, as for like fiction, I am a sucker for haunted houses and demons. Give me (laughs) all the supernatural stuff. I am here for it. Unless it's anything to do with the sea, like mermaids or sea monsters. Uh, I hate the sea. Get, get oh the that's sea very specific life. yes <laughs> again childhood trauma because my like my dad loves anything sea related and beach related and so I learned I'm like no keep it away from me <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's plenty of other things there's so many haunted houses yes. that
1: <laughs> leave the ocean alone no <laughs> I am terrified of the ocean like no leave it alone
0: <laughs> <laughs> thinking about then um books that you've read that have not been made into films like if you had to pick one book to be adapted
1: like what would you choose? And surprisingly the answer like immediately came to my mind I'm like oh my god I'm gonna struggle so much to answer this but then I <laughs> finished The Sundown Motel by Simone St James and I just loved it so much and I think the ambience would be perfect because again like haunted houses and or hotels Chef's kiss <laughs> and it would be uh, i I would give a kidney to have that movie.
0: <laughs> okay, we won't edit that out, we'll keep that in and let's see what happens. <laughs> and would that be do you think that would be an easy one to adapt or because this is supernatural elements and
1: yes, and it would be tricky because it follows two different timelines, like it's skips back and forth and so I don't know if it like would be fun because part of the mystery it's that it keeps skipping the timelines so it would be a little tricky but again it would be so fun I wouldn't even mind it if they changed it like a couple of things as long as I got to see the sundown hotel like on the big screen
0: oh wow (laughs) okay well that's definitely a recommend then as well I guess yeah okay we'll have to check that out and yeah we'll get your kidney on ebay
1: (laughs) i mean i have another one i don't need both of them
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah just please keep hold of your other one because i've I've got a feeling you're gonna need that
1: yeah (laughs) absolutely drinking a lot of water so (laughs) it's not over -over. um Okay then this,
0: this could be a very difficult question or a very easy question because I imagine you probably get asked this a lot and I get asked a lot like what are your top five favourite horror films and I always have maybe like 10 in rotation so I can just pull out like different ones at different times depending on how I'm feeling but what could you share with us your top five horror books?
1: I struggled. I spent like struggled. 20 minutes looking <laughs> at my bookshelf and picking up books. I mean, the number one spot was super easy, okay. uh, which is The Last Days of Jack Sparks by Jason Arnup. And it's just it's my favorite book. I think one of my top five favorite books ever, not just horror books, because the story is so wonderful. And every time you reread it, it gets better because you can focus on little details and hints that you didn't notice before and I, I love that book so much. <laughs> and then uh, second place we have it by Stephen King. And then we have another Jason Arnup, which is a sincere warning about the entity in your home because I I love 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 books written in the second person as if it was talking to the reader
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: And this is a letter that the previous owner of the apartment that you lived in is telling you, you know, warning you.
0: Oh, wow. About what a clever lives idea. In the
1: home with you. It's oh, it's wonderful. I also love How to Survive a Horror Movie by Seth Graham Smith, which is a fiction pretending to be nonfiction, giving you tips on how to survive. And so it explores the clichés and uh, the archetypes used in horror movies like where to hide what to do i just i mean it sounds again, like it would come in,
0: come in handy for just life in general
1: yes as we discussed <laughs> in, like our interview both of us are always like making plans on how we would survive every catastrophe that could <laughs> <Yeah>. possibly happen
0: <laughs> i'm always looking for new places to hide so <laughs> yes
1: and the tree by Sarah Lotz, because another thing that I love in books is when it mixes elements and puts in newspaper news or recordings and things that make a fiction book look nonfiction. Right. As if it were like a gathering of documents and you know when they're trying to register what happened and figure out what went wrong I love it
0: does it make you feel a bit like a? because you were saying before about you like mystery books so does it make you feel a bit like a detective
1: yes I love (laughs) like the case files and the interviews (laughs) because I would be too chicken to do any of that in real life I'm like I cut my finger And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to (laughs) die.
0: But in the fictitious world.
1: I'm very brave. You you
0: can can be whoever you want to be. Yeah. (laughs) So I noticed that you've got a Pennywise behind you. So, yeah, this this is a real love for it.
1: (laughs) Stephen King, in general, we have, like, a little The Shining thing. I have, I think, five Pennywise Funkos you okay. I have an it tattoo, which oh, wow. is like the loser lover on my wrist. Okay, love- this is this
0: is for real, this love. It's yes, not <laughs> it's not pretend.
1: It's not pretend. I love the first movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all times, especially because I relate so much to Eddie. I love Eddie, he's my favorite character. Hence, yeah. The tattoo. <laughs> Plus Izzy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> So um what advice then would you as someone who's sort of established in the community and through hear a scream now, like if if some um someone who's listened to this podcast or if someone was sort of you know following you online and was thinking, I'd really love to do what Nina does, what what advice would you give them?
1: Write a lot, you know, train even if you're not gonna post the reviews, just write them to figure out your rhythm and the style of writing, you can try different approaches to see which one you're more comfortable with. Um, Post your reviews on Goodreads, on Storygraph, everywhere you can find because like every review matters. And why I started reviewing was just because I loved those works so much. And I wanted to help the author any way that I could. sign up for book sirens and netgalley because you can get a lot of works through their website and it's a lot of fun Uh, sometimes you'll have to to start by taking the books that are available for everyone just so you can work up your score especially on netgalley and then when your score is a little higher you can start to pick and choose books that are more to your interest Uh, reach out to the community because most people that I've come across so far feel like very friendly and very welcoming, but also do your research, like read along their profile a lot, because especially recently we've we've had uh a little happenings of people that were bigoted and hateful, oh, no. and a lot that were like involved in essay, so. I mean, always be mindful of that because mm-hmm. as my mom say, people that wish you harm or that are harmful, they're not gonna have that written on their forehead. They're not gonna announce to everyone what their true intentions are. So like be be mindful of who you follow and who you interact with so that you're not um, unknowingly contributing to the harm that they they bring to to certain people in the community. But yeah, make friends, read mm-hmm. their work, learn from what they're doing, again, reach out and like ask for advice. Because again, every single person that I've met is just wonderful and and friendly and lovely. But again, I've only mostly interacted from people that are connected to Hear a Scream. So my experience has been very positive, uh, ironically, for Twitter. I love Twitter because it brought me all of these wonderful people.
0: <laughs> yeah it's a great place to connect isn't it yes yeah and so I was just I, I didn't I didn't uh, plan to ask this question but I was just thinking then mm-hmm. in terms of reviews and them always being sort of structured and obviously there's there's usually a quite a strict way count attached to these um pieces do you find it hard to um you find it difficult or challenging sometimes to sort of put your voice into you into the reviews is that something that you consciously do yes. or I
1: I'm always a little worried that I might put too much especially because you know in school the always, I know you have to be 100 percent in a partial but then I learned that with reviews I just I love more when it is personal and you yeah. get to know that person's taste and what they like and what they don't and another one of my biggest struggles and not is not spoiling mm-hmm. anything when I get too excited especially because I'm a person that loves spoilers uh <laughs> usually when I'm liking a book and I've read like the first 20 to 30 pages and I really love it um I will skip to the end and read the last five pages. Or when I'm <laughs> unsure about a book, I go to the bookstore and I read the ending. Okay. <laughs> I, <wow. laughs> before I watch any like series, I research online what happens at the end and what happens to the characters. Wow. I'm, I'm a very anxious person. I need to know how it ends before I start.
0: Well, there's still the how isn't there once you yes, know those what there's still the how.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I love, love rereading. I've never understood. People are like, oh, what what is a book that you wish you could read for the first time? Again, and I'm like, none. Rereading is just so much more <laughs> yeah. fun and rewarding for me. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I totally agree with that, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and normally when I read like one author, like the work, I have a very bad habit of Say, I'll like pick out a Thomas Hardy, like one of the writers that I love, Thomas Hardy. I'll read one and then I'll feel like I've got to go through all of them and I'll just go on like yes. a binge. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. As like, we were talking about this before, I went on a Princess Diaries reread binge where I read four books in one night. And it's just, <laughs> it's so good because you get to emerge yourself with that yeah. type of style and that type of characters and it's just like taking a trip to a wonderful country and then you want to visit all of the cities because everything's just so wonderful
0: (laughs) I love that that's that's so adorable (laughs) I'm I'm not gonna say I'm not reading a book anymore I'm saying I'm going on a trip going on a holiday yes
1: (laughs) yes visiting a little creepy city with like (laughs) children or murders. (laughs)
0: But you know I'll be back I'm coming back I'm not staying there don't worry I'll survive (laughs) so um finally then could you give us the name of one author or just some one person in the community that you pick out that you think we should all be following or checking out
1: again Caitlin Marshall wonderful writer wonderful person I love her uh Kat because every single mm-hmm. project that Kat is involved is just freaking wonderful. Yeah. yeah, and amazing. Uh, Lucy and Blaine and Kat as well have wonderful podcasts, mm-hmm. which again, I've warmed my way into a couple of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Jason Arnup's writing and every single thing that he has put out there. I've loved. Stephen Graham Jones, uh, very funny. I love Grady Hendrix, but like a little few caveats. I hate the the Final Girl Support Group, and I absolutely love one of his books that I don't see many people talking about because it's a nonfiction book uh, called Paperbacks from Hell.
0: I have that on my Grady,
1: Yeah, yes, I love <laughs> it. I read it for my thesis in college, and it's one of the the books that made me take an interest in writing nonfiction about horror was that that book of his. Uh, Nicole Bell, wonderful, oh my God, what's the name of the book? Jesus Christ, Beyond the Creek, wonderful novella. I loved it so much. And Michael, again, I'm sorry for butchering the last name, Michael ironovitz I loved his short story collection, Dancing with Tombstone, one of my favorite collections of all time. And his novel, The Sculpture, which is a, a serial killer novel, it was just wonderful. I loved it so much. And he's a wonderful person. He's lovely. we we'll, like exchange some emails. He's, he's precious.
0: Amazing. Well, we've got a few things to follow, check out, um, and dig into yes. there. So that's great. Exactly why I wanted you on, because I knew you'd be this fountain of knowledge and connected to all these (laughs) wonderful people so that's great thank you Uh, before before we wrap this up then um I'm sure everyone's like super keen to hear where they can find and follow you and tell us about anything that you've got in the works at the moment is there anything you can share tease you know tease
1: a little tease tease. uh the the article slash essay that uh I'm fin- putting the finishing touches on, which I surprised myself with how strongly I felt about binary gender roles, especially in sapphic relationships and like same sex relationships. And one thing that I discussed is that I think we in media, we perpetuate uh, the fact that one person in the relationship has to have masculine traits, quote unquote, and they're mm-hmm. usually the ones that have the most agency in the relationship. And then we have the one that encapsulates "quote unquote" feminine traits, and they're usually a lot more passive. And I think that has a lot to do with how our society has this need to divide everything into binary. And they can they cannot conceptualize a relationship between two people that are "quote unquote" feminine and two people that are "quote unquote" masculine. It always have to be both sides of the binary in the same relationship.
0: Yeah, and equal as well. It's like. Equal, yes,
1: <laughs> and both both parties being active participants. And my my little online presence. Uh, I'm always on Harris Cream reviewing some books. My Twitter it's at Dawn of Flowers, where I'm just a little weirdo, so expect like a lot of a lot of memes, the occasional tweet in Portuguese. So you know, if you want to learn Portuguese, a wonderful way to follow <laughs> me on Twitter. <laughs> My Goodreads is Marina Garrido. In case anyone that's listening like speaks Portuguese, I'm recently become uh, a contributor and book reviewer for Revista Noturna, which is like Nocturne magazine where we focus on work written by women or non-men. And we take a decolonizer look, so we focus more on writers and filmmakers in Latin America, or you know anything other than the U.S. and uh, the U.K. You know the the countries that you see talked about all the time. We want to focus on like different cultures, our own cultures: Argentina, uh, Mexico, Brazil. You know our, our little Latin America.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Well, um, it's been such a joy to talk to you yes. as ever. Um, don't forget everyone to check out you know socials at Goodreads. We look forward to seeing more from you via Hera's Scream. Thank you. We'll we'll pop all your links um up when we share the podcast. But yeah, thank you so much. It's always a delight to talk to you. And- thank you
1: for having me. I always have so much fun when when we talk, especially because our brains work in a very similar fashion
0: yeah the distance (laughs) might be far like literally but the you know the the sort of emotional distance doesn't feel far at all (laughs) thanks so much for joining me Nina Thank you so much to Nina for joining me. And I would now like to welcome my second guest, uh, an incredible horror fan, BookTuber with an amazing channel that you definitely need to check out. And we'll be putting the links uh, at the end of this podcast for all the best reviews and recommendations. And she's also a writer here at Ghouls Magazine as well. I'd like to welcome Alex Challoner, aka the Bookubus.
2: Hi, Alex. Hello, Rebecca. Thank you so much for inviting me onto the
0: show. Oh, thanks so much for being here. It's uh what time of day is it where you are? It is a Sunday morning. It's about eleven.
2: Clock right okay. now in Pittsburgh.
0: <laughs> Sometimes I, I have a habit of getting people out of bed at like sunrise, but no, that's oh quite a no, reasonable hour. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was able to have a
2: leisurely morning and my coffee. So, yeah, we will good. Okay, so
0: you, you've, got, you've got your caffeine's up. That's good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, before we start sort of really digging into all things books, um, can you just give us like a brief introduction to sort of who you are and what it is you do?
2: yes well i am a big horror fan you know have been since a fairly young age um i love reading horror and watching horror um just yeah it's one of my big passions and i have a youtube channel or specifically booktube channel uh, where i talk about horror books mostly um i've had that well i started the channel in 2016 um randomly as a thrifting channel and then i did that for a couple of years you know and then was like i want to talk about books so yeah and um, i think that was about 2018 when i focused on talking about books over there um so yeah so that's been a good few years now um and then i also have an instagram account where i talk about books <laughs> um all of the books all of the time um yeah i will say my instagram interaction varies I go through phases with it sometimes I'm like posting every day and sometimes it'll be weeks before I you know do anything with it but yeah Instagram and YouTube are probably the two platforms that I use the most to share my love of horror books
0: and it's just absolutely fantastic work that you do Alex and thank you so much um, Thank you, <laughs> and congratulations! You know, since twenty eighteen, that, that's a long time to keep going, especially it's through the pandemic.
2: <laughs> yeah, kind of crazy to think about when when you look back on it, for sure.
0: I mean, did it kind of help you through the pandemic? Do you think was it something that you know sort of it was a, a a good pastime for you?
2: Yeah, probably. I um yeah, I hadn't really thought about it in that way, but. It is definitely something that does take up quite a lot of time. <laughs> um, it's something that I want to do, of course. Um, it is a hobby. So, um, but yeah, being able to still connect with people and chat with friends online, you know, still being able to do that through the pandemic has been a great thing.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure it gave you plenty of time to read some books.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. You've gotta be always reading.
0: <laughs> and so you said at the top there, you know, you're you're a huge horror fan. Um, before we sort of talk books, what what's your favourite sort of sub genre of horror?
2: Oh, I don't know if I have a favourite one because I really <laughs> just love the the variety that horror gives you you know I love quiet stuff I love creepy stuff I love stuff that's like bloody and disgusting so yeah (laughs) um I'm a big Cronenberg fan so I do like his stuff um a lot yeah I love a lot of 80s stuff Um, oh yeah
0: I live in the 80s I think I (laughs) it's the best (laughs) I I like to watch my sort of 80s horror on VHS because it gives me that full 80s experience (laughs) Oh yes
2: the full on nostalgia.
0: <laughs> so then um I found you through Google's magazine so I already know that you've got a huge love of horror literature because you did a lot of book reviews for us and as we've already spoken about you do some amazing work in this area of horror. Um can you can you maybe talk a little bit about what's got you to this point and you know what your work involves as a as a booktuber which was actually a work a word I hadn't heard before it's like booktuber oh I like it (laughs) yeah
2: we've we've named our own corner of I love it (laughs) um, a corner of YouTube rather I'm just so used to saying booktube um yeah I guess we we also call it horror tube um, but I guess that encompasses all things horror, not just necessarily you know, book specific. Um, so yeah, um it's it's good to have your own uh, little name for the community. Um, but yeah, I think I mean, I've always been a reader, and uh, horror is definitely, you know, one of the the things that I have enjoyed reading over many years. And I I think the YouTube channel, started when I moved from the UK to the US um, and I was obsessed with thrift stores. I, I mean I still am. It's it's another favorite hobby of mine. And the, yeah, the thrift stores over here are amazing. And um I'd been watching a bunch of thrifting YouTubers and I thought why not share my experiences and my finds as well. So I, I started a YouTube channel just you know for fun. It was just a fun thing to share. And um anyway then As I was alongside that, was watching more YouTube, I stumbled upon YouTubers that were talking about books. And Mm because I've always been a big reader, I was, you know, I finally put two and two together and was like, (laughs) what if I also talk about books on YouTube? So, yeah, I kind of slowly added in some book related content on my channel and then eventually was like, yeah, I think this is more what I want to do than talking about random stuff I find in the thrift store. (laughs) So yeah, I kind of just made the, you know, the decision to focus on that on my channel. And yeah, I mean, the community is amazing Mm -hmm. and it's always growing. It's always evolving. And I think when I started um, there weren't a ton of people talking about horror, at least you know, that being their main focus for their channels. So you know, there were a handful and, and I kind of became one of them. But I think definitely over the past few years, there's many, many more YouTubers uh, talking about horror books, which is awesome. Um, I love seeing more people join the kind of horror booktube community. And uh, yeah, I think alongside that, I also uh, started an Instagram where I could also post about horror books. And yeah, again, that community has has just grown over the past few years. There's you know lots and lots of people talking about horror over there. And uh, yeah, they're both a great way to uh, both meet people with similar interests and make mm-hmm. friends, um, and then also you know recommend books to people and be recommended books by other people (laughs) so yeah they're both you know really great communities and uh, yeah but um I guess it was just one of those things I started for fun you know just as a hobby um and I mean it still is that but it is something that I not has become a habit I guess but just it's part of my you know daily or weekly routine uh, you know kind of fitting that into my spare time is you know making a conscious effort to to continue to be part of the community uh through uh the videos that i post on my channel and also you know stuff that i post on instagram so it is something that
0: yeah <laughs> you know you've
2: got to put the time and effort
0: into <laughs> so then um thinking about the work that you do in the horror community through your booktubing and in your reviews um I wanted to talk to you a bit about sort of the digital book versus well not versus that's I don't like the word versus but the digital reading and the sort of you know uh reading it in hard copy physical format um so in in terms of your work then like what's the balance of do you prefer to read in like physical format um I imagine that a lot of the time you would have to probably recopies in digital format and I guess it's like do you ever worry that the physical format will will die yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, I personally do
2: prefer having a physical book. Um, Same. My preference, yeah, my preference is paperback over hardback. I just yeah, there's just something Same. about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that is just so pleasing to hold. Um. And yeah, a lot of the stuff I read is vintage and some of that, you know, has never been republished since it was first released. So the only copies you can get are like, you know, the mass market paperbacks from, you know, 30, 40 years ago. (laughs) Um, So those ones you don't have an option with, Um, although a lot of those have been released, um, you know, in ebook format. So that's great. Um, But yeah, I think I, I do also have a Kindle. Um, and I do really like it I don't use it as often as I read physical books but yeah I don't have a problem with using it um, and it is really handy um, you know not only can yeah if for example you're sent a book for review you know they can just send you an e- ebook version and you can read it on that um, you know that saves I know especially when authors and publishers have new books out you know they only have really a certain amount of physical copies that they can kind of afford to give out so
1: yeah.
2: I'm one of those people that I mean it's nice to have a physical copy but like I don't mind having an ebook version so that's totally cool um but and that yeah also um you know ebooks are something that I sometimes borrow from the library you know they have a system where you can borrow ebooks, so that's really cool um but yeah my my General preferences for physical books. um I just find that a much more, I don't know, enjoyable experience for some reason. Just that holding it in your hands is nicer than a hard <laughs> Kindle, I guess. Um, and being able to turn those physical pages and yeah, yeah.
0: it's the tactility, isn't it? And mm. I think, f- like, certainly for me as well, personally, I totally agree. I have my books, you know, in the bookshelves in my living room, and I love love them as objects and I love them as you know for what they are I like feeling the sort of weight in my two hands of what I've read and what I've got to read (laughs) yes absolutely yeah
2: they are also like you say an object you know there's something that you can own there's something that you can look at and you know keep on a shelf and yeah it's there's there's multiple reasons I think to to like a physical book Um, and I think that's probably the reason that I don't think they would ever die out or at least not in the imminent future, because I think so many people do prefer them to digital. Um, But I think, I mean, maybe that would change. I think, you know, maybe I don't know if kids today deal with much more digital stuff than they do physical media. So Mm, maybe that's a trend that will change over time if, because, you know, I think people like us grew up with the physical media um, and, you know, VHS and books and all of that stuff, (laughs) (laughs) you know,
0: cassette tapes and all the stuff that's going to like take up room in your case, like just the (laughs) chunkiest of objects. (laughs) Yeah. Oh
2: my gosh. Uh, They're so, so big. (laughs) Um, But, you know, we grew up with that. We're used to that and we like that. Um, But yeah, maybe people that grow up with the digital versions of things won't have that same uh, connection to them, so maybe they would end up preferring the digital versions. I mean, that you know, digital stuff definitely has its uh, its benefits. You know, like if you don't have room for stuff, you know, it doesn't matter, and you know, things like that are more easily accessible. You know, at the click of a button, you can watch a movie online or whatever you know whereas you don't you know with a like a, for example like with a vintage paperback that I'm trying to track down you know I've got I've got to do my research I've got to like find the best price online I've got to wait for it to come to me in the mail you know it's it's definitely not instantaneous
0: <laughs> well I was talking to Nina actually about how I how I enjoy that sort of search and how I almost feel like now oh, too. like in this day and age it's too easy it's too damn easy like I prefer like the hunt (laughs) it's part of the pleasure isn't
2: it (laughs) it's a really good point I totally agree with that yeah it is just part of the whole experience yeah having that anticipation um and the fact that you have to put in a bit of effort to do so you know it's yeah I think and I don't know whether that harks back yeah to you know when we were growing up with like you know video rentals you know you had to physically go to the store and you know you had to put in that effort (laughs) you know you had to browse and and pick the one that looked the craziest and and hope hope that it would turn out to be as good as the cover you know we didn't have all these reviews and other people telling us which ones are worth checking out or not
0: yeah it's definitely too easy today I agree (laughs) yeah and we were talking about accessibility as well and that it's it's great that you know people have preferences but it's good that those options are there because for some people sitting down and perhaps reading a book concentration wise etc just might be too overwhelming or just not really for them so it's good that things like audiobooks exist and th- digital copies are there as well for people absolutely yeah
2: accessibility is a big part of it we have a really great library system here in Pittsburgh um you know all of the ones are in connect- interconnected so if you if you wanted a physical book but it's not at your local library they will get it delivered to your local one so you can pick it up and borrow it um and then yeah they also have yeah ebooks and audiobooks available too um I think within the book community every once in a while that discussion about you know are audiobooks really reading and you know some people are just adamant that it doesn't count but it's such a ridiculous notion yeah. to think <laughs> that you know it's it's not fair it's not just a, a another way of consuming the book so for some people it's the only way that they can mm-hmm. consume that book so you know to re- disregard it is is just stupid
0: <laughs> exactly yeah I totally agree and so thinking then about I mean you've you've you contribute so much to um the horror community through the work that you do but who I wanted to ask you are some of your inspirations when it comes to to book reviewers booktubers in the the horror community who should we be watching or who do you look to or or perhaps someone who inspired you to make that leap yourself to take up the work that you do yeah that's a
2: difficult question because there are so many amazing (laughs) people that I could mention I could yeah sit here for hours and and just shout everyone out Um, but yeah definitely there are some some fellow booktubers that I would love to mention uh one would be regina over at regina's haunted library that's the name of her channel and then she also has an instagram account Uh, yeah she's been you know a friend and supporter for a few years now you know i think we probably started booktube maybe around the same time so we connected quite some time ago and yeah she likes a variety of things within the horror genre um, but I know she she shares a, a love for the vintage stuff like I do, so that's really cool. And uh, we've read a few vampire books together because we both oh, love wow. vampires. So yeah, so that's <laughs> been really fun. Um, and yeah, she has a wonderful channel. She's also an author. She's super talented, and she's just she just is always putting stuff out. She's always working. I yeah, I just really admire her for <laughs> the amount of stuff that she's able to do. So yeah, definitely a, a big shout out to her and um, another person would be one over at his channel is plagued by visions and he uh, he loves horror too and also uh, just kind of dark disturbing and transgressive literature in general not you know okay necessarily horror specifically
0: that's um, one for zoe then i think
2: <laughs> oh absolutely yes 100% yeah he's put out many like you know top disturbing books <laughs> type of videos um, there was even one um that he did a while ago which was a collaboration video so it was he, he invited a bunch of other booktubers including myself to talk oh, about brilliant. disturbing books and then he put that all together in a, a video which was fantastic so yeah lots of recommendations there and yeah he's just super intelligent super articulate yeah his videos are always wonderful and um my friend Kelsey her channel is slime and slashes uh, and she's on Instagram as well um yeah she's just such a wonderful personality Um, she's you know a huge 90s fan just of, of everything 90s pop culture <laughs> in general um but yeah definitely the horror stuff so she likes some vintage stuff as well uh we definitely share a love for the kind of the paperbacks from hell uh era mm. of, of vintage horror and yeah just her personality she's so enthusiastic and passionate about the genre she's an absolute joy to watch her videos are always super fun um, and she yeah does a lot of kind of deep dives into certain like themes and genres so I love the deep dive her. so yeah so they're really <laughs> cool um and then, yeah, it's hard to. There's so many people I would love to mention. But yeah, just, I'll just squeeze one more in, um, and that will be Merce from her channel. It's Harpies in the Trees. Um, she is super talented, super creative. Her videos, yeah, are always wonderful to watch. Um, even her like just regular videos where she's talking about books. Uh, she just has a great style and atmosphere and presentation to her videos. And then, um, yeah, she also does some like super creative uh videos as well where she really puts like a ton of time and effort into like costumes and editing and oh, wow. yeah, just stuff like that <laughs> so yeah they're definitely four of the many uh amazing booktubers out there that yeah you should definitely go check out if you haven't already
0: incredible it's and it's so it's so encouraging and exciting to hear that there's so many people doing their thing out there and everyone bringing something different
2: Absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the great things about the community is that we, you know, we all share the love of horror. And even though we might like different things within it, you mm. know, it's, it's the horror in general that has kind of brought us together. Um, so yeah, there is a lot of variety about exactly what horror, you know, different people are <laughs> talking about. But yeah, everyone's so friendly and
0: supportive over there. It's It's great. <laughs> I always say horror people are the nicest people we're the healthiest because you know we we sit and we endure, we read horror so we've been exposed to so much (laughs) I I agree absolutely (laughs) so um for me then like my favorite my, my bookshelves are mostly taken up by horror theory because that's my I mean that's my jam I just love analyzing things I love hearing other people or reading other people analyze um horror films. So I wanted to ask you, is there like a subgenre of horror that you enjoy reading the most? You've sort of mentioned that you like vampires and vintage horror. So are those the sort of two areas that bring you the most joy?
2: Yeah, I would say so. Um yeah I think vintage horror like yeah 70s, 80s and 90s it's just an era where, yeah, there was this huge horror boom, so there was so much horror put out there in book form, and I think, yeah, not only, you know, reaching for, like, the classics that have kind of stood the test of time, you know, like, Rosemary's baby the exorcist that kind of thing there were just so many hidden gems from that era that you know have just kind of been lost through time um that, you know absolutely deserve being remembered and being talked about so, so yeah I love I love reading from that era and um, there's just so much good stuff there um There's also some not so good stuff, but you know, you you, you gotta you (laughs) You gotta gotta get uh, through that
0: to get to the good stuff. Exactly.
2: (laughs) So it's part of the process. Um and then yeah, vampires, yeah. I think I got into that. I went through like a vampire phase as a teenager. So um yeah, (laughs) I definitely still, still love a good vampire novel. And uh yeah, I like a bit of everything though, I think, within horror. I I'm a big fan of quiet horror, like slow burn stuff, um, you know, the kind of thing that when other, sometimes I'll hear other people talking about those type of books that I've loved and they'll be like nothing happened it was really <laughs> slow and I'm like it was so atmospheric and like full of dread <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was so good so yeah I love those kind of quiet slow burn stuff um but I also like stuff at the other end of the spectrum where it's yeah some extreme stuff where it's yeah very violent and Disturbing and disgusting. um So yeah, I like a bit of everything, <laughs> and then
0: uh, all the stuff in between. <laughs> a little smorgasbord of the horror. Yes, one hundred percent. And so here's a question that uh, might be might be difficult for you. Might be easy. I don't know. You might just have this in your head. But uh, what book that has not been adapted into a, a horror film would you like to see adapted for the big screen? I think.
2: Yeah, it's, there are so many actually that <laughs> I could mention, um, but I think up there would probably be The Cipher by Kathy Koja because mm-hmm. it's one of my favourite books. And I think it, it would probably be a somewhat difficult one to adapt, but I think, you know, if it was done right, it would be absolutely amazing. It's a very dark story. It originally came out in the 90s and it's about these two people that find a hole in their apartment building and when they put things into the hole they come out transformed and so they start experimenting with it and yeah things get weird (laughs) (laughs) um it's it's very like 90s gritty grungy type of of storytelling and very beautiful writing um yeah Kathy Coge is one of my favorite authors um but yeah I think if that were to be made by David Cronenberg, it would oh, be perfect. a match match made in heaven. Yeah. Like holes. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: perfect. <laughs> yes. So that would be my dream. <laughs> <laughs> um and then another question that again might be difficult, but yeah, and I guess it doesn't have to be your top five horror books ever. Because when people say to me watching <laughs> five, five horror films, I kind of I have like a a collection that I sort of deviate between. But um, just five horror books that you would recommend to us, or five horror books that are sort of that you class as your favourites. What, what would you what would you include in that list?
2: Yeah, it would definitely have to be five of the favourites. <laughs> yeah, like you say, I could never <laughs> narrow it down to just no, five, it's impossible.
0: But um,
2: but yeah, definitely the cipher that I just mentioned by Kathy Koja that is definitely a favourite. And um, I think another one would have to be We Have Always Lived in the Castle by Shirley Jackson. Oh, yes. Just, yeah, absolutely stunning. Uh, Her writing is amazing. And, yeah, just the characters and the atmosphere in that story uh, are just
0: top That lingered, that really lingered Mm. for me. I was just thinking about it for weeks afterwards. And I was like, I don't think any other, like, Shirley Jackson has ever made me feel the same way. It's definitely my favourite
2: of hers that I've read so far. I still have, yeah, quite a few of hers still to read. Um, I, admittedly, I've, I think the only others I've read is, um, yeah, The Haunting of Hill House and um, the short story The Lottery. Um the Lottery, I was going to say. The lottery, yeah. yeah, The Lottery is amazing <laughs> as well. I mean, for just a short story, just, you know, just a short story. Um, but wow, so powerful. Um, so, yeah, she's she's fantastic. Um, Another favourite would have to be Sweetheart, Sweetheart by Bernard Taylor. Uh, He's a British author and uh, this one, I think, came out in the late 1970s. It's a ghost story. Um, It's about a guy who basically inherits his brother's house, and there kind of seems to be like a supernatural entity uh, or force going on in this house and there's like a a history to the place that he you know slowly finds out about um yeah this is definitely a great example of quiet
0: horror um,
2: Oh, that sounds like, like it would make
0: a good film
2: <laughs> oh yeah it would absolutely I would love to see that yeah he's 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 one of my favorite authors as well even though he like him and Kathy Koja like they're so different <laughs> they couldn't probably couldn't be more different but they're two of my favorites um and yeah it's it's just a a really wonderful story that is yeah it's that slow burn where it just kind of slowly gets under your skin and then mm. yeah things get tense towards the end when things start playing out in a certain way so yeah I won't say too much about it but <laughs> it's it's a fantastic one that I highly recommend and another one would have to be this symbiotic fascination by Charlie Jacob which uh, came out, I think it was the late 90s, um, but I only read it for the first time last year, uh, but it ended up being like my number one favourite book (laughs) that I read last year. So I've been raving about it ever since. So yeah, this will not be news to anyone that's watched my videos, (laughs) but it's still worth mentioning. Um, Yeah, this one is more of that like kind of 90s gritty style, um, but with like really beautiful prose, uh, very poetic. Um, but the content for this it it does get quite extreme in places it's okay it's violent it's gruesome um, and yeah it's this weird kind of juxtaposition between her like beautiful writing but she's talking about all this like super messed up stuff Uh Um, so yeah yeah she she, yeah sadly passed away a few years ago um, but she has like quite a back catalogue of work that I am eager to get to. So um, yeah, I can't recommend that one highly enough. And I think last up um, would be a book that was um, kind of a big part of my teenage years, uh, which is Clive Barker's A to Z of horror. Uh, so mm. this is a, a nonfiction book. Uh, he had uh, a TV series on BBC one or two um, in the nineties and, um, which was, yeah, at a time when I was a teen, you know, getting into horror and and just trying to, you know, consume as much horror as I could. <laughs> um, and this was like, kind of like my internet before the internet, because it was <laughs> like a, you know, like an encyclopedia of horror stuff um, that really, you know, opened my eyes to a, a lot of films and books, etc. Um, so yeah, so that book will, will always be a special one to me.
0: So that's a book that accompanies a, like a BBC TV series, did you say? Yes. Yeah. The oh, wow. TV
2: series. Yeah. It came out in the 90s. I think it was, you know, only aired, you know, once. I don't know if it's ever been aired again. I don't know if you can get it on DVD or anything, but... It was, yeah, I think it was a show first, and then the book came out uh, to accompany it. So it's literally like an A to Z, um, you know, each letter corresponding to something horror related. Um, and yeah, the book itself is is a really great kind of coffee table book. It's, it's full of, you know, great photos and film posters and horror art and stuff like that. um all with, you know, each, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry with each segment uh, going into detail on a certain author or a certain subgenre or a certain filmmaker. Um, so yeah, super
0: informative and interesting and and really fun. Oh wow, well that's definitely going on my list. Um, yeah. <laughs> straight away. And I'm going to be trying to hunt down that uh, TV series as well. <laughs> yes, I will say um, a
2: friend of mine, I think it was probably a bootleg copy. Um, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know where he got it from, but I borrowed it from him a couple of years ago and watched it. And oh, my God, the nostalgia yeah. was, just, was so good. It was, And it's such a good show. I think it really holds up. It's, it's super 90s, like in the styling. Um, but yeah, it's really, really good.
0: Wow. well we've got lots of great recommends there so that is superb um, I wanted to ask then for anyone who might be considering becoming a booktuber or reviewer or you know looking into your work and thinking hmm I'd like to give that a go I think I've got something to share something to say what what bits of advice would you give to someone who is looking to start out at reviewing horror books?
2: I think, um, yeah, I think the best piece of advice I could give is to just do it. <laughs> um, yes, and I know, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I know that's easier said than done. And I know a lot of us, we're introverts. And so putting ourselves out mm, there is yeah. difficult. But it really is, you know, once you get over that hurdle, it, it really does become easier. And people are generally very friendly, very welcoming yeah. in the communities, like both on booktube and on instagram so yeah just do it you know start that account <laughs> put something out there whether it yeah be an instagram post or a, a booktube video introduce yourself you know start connecting with other people mm-hmm. within those communities you know follow people you know comment on their stuff um and yeah just start interacting with people i mean you know be genuine be yourself um and uh just yeah, start making those friendships. You know, and it, it does take time, obviously, to to kind of connect with people. But um, it is well worth it. Um, I've met so many amazing people yeah. through through the, these place. You know, these platforms for horror. Um. So I think, yeah, just yeah, getting over that hurdle of of doing it. I know is hard, but I think that's really the best advice I could give. Um, and I think yeah, when it comes to reviewing. You know, that's something that will just come with time, you know, kind of putting your thoughts and your opinions down. You know, sometimes you can do that in just a couple of sentences and that will be all you want to say on a particular book. Sometimes you'll want to go in depth on a certain book and, and you know, really get into the nitty gritty of it. But yeah, Goodreads is a, is a great place to be posting your reviews. And again, you can follow people in the community there and interact with them you know get great recommendations of of what to pick up next if you're (laughs) if you're looking for recommendations so yeah so there are plenty of areas that you can make friends um I think that's the thing that you know I did it for you know that's that's the reason that I started to put myself out there was because I didn't really have any friends in real life that was into horror stuff so I thought maybe (laughs) I can make some friends online and so yeah putting out Instagram posts and videos on YouTube you know you can then connect with other people with similar interests and make friends Um, I think if you're looking to be like a professional reviewer and get paid for it I'm afraid I wouldn't know <laughs> where to start doing that so I wouldn't have any advice for that specifically so yeah I think if you're looking to get into it as a hobby and to make friends then yeah just just jump in and um, yeah
0: we'd love to meet you some great advice there so just do it be yourself Mm -hmm. and know that there are just so many people that are like willing to offer advice to welcome you and just to switch thoughts on horror with and you know some of the the relationships I form with people in the horror community you know there's there's some Friendships there that I know I'm going to have for life. So it's like it evolves into more than just about horror. So it's like, yeah, just do it.
2: (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. I think that's the best thing to do. And yeah, like you said, it's it's totally worthwhile because there's yeah so many wonderful people to meet and connect with.
0: Mm -hmm. So finally, then can you? We've talked about a lot of people in the community and books that you've recommended. if you had to give us a name of one author and I'd say perhaps maybe someone you know who's not so established who you think we should be following or checking out who who would you say
2: yeah that one is a tough question as well (laughs) um but I think um if it's okay I'm going to cheat slightly and talk about an indie publisher instead of just oh no I love that okay good um so Yeah, I would highly recommend checking out Weird Punk Books. They're an indie publisher and they focus on, yeah, mostly horror and dark fiction. And yeah, the company is run by Sam Richard. He's awesome. And yeah, he's been putting out so much good stuff. Um, I first heard about Weird Punk, a couple of years ago, uh, they put out an anthology called The New Flesh, which was a David Cronenberg inspired <laughs> anthology. So obviously I was 100%. You were, first in, the queue. You were exactly. first in the queue. Exactly. <laughs> and it's yeah, it's such a great anthology. And then, yeah, I looked into the stuff that they were putting out and yeah, everything I've read of theirs has just been an absolute treat. Um, just some really amazing New authors that are coming through that publisher. Um, um, there's a, a really excellent one. I read uh, the Mud Ballad by Joe Quinnell, which I read maybe last year or the year before. That was wonderful uh, and dark <laughs> and <laughs> awesome. Um, I know they put out the um, the Eric LaRocca book. Uh, Things have gotten mm-hmm. worse since we last spoke, which really blew up. Um, was that earlier this year or last year? Uh, time has just been a blur exactly <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> um, but yeah so many great authors I, I know they recently put it are putting out uh, or I think it just came out um the latest one from Brendan Bedito um which looks wonderful um, so yeah I highly recommend weird punk books that are just yeah have an, a knack for finding yeah this really great talent um and, and putting their work out there
0: great well everyone go and check out weird punk books <laughs> and definitely. so yeah definitely so um before we close out then can you just I'm sure people are really eager to hear where they can find this uh, incredible booktube channel of yours and your instagram and any other socials that you want to plug so can you tell us where we can find you
2: Absolutely, yes, my booktube channel is just called The Bookybus, so that's B-O-O-K-U-B-U-S, and I also have an Instagram, which is the underscore bookybus, that's also my name on Twitter, although I'm not super active on Twitter, Um, so yeah, so those are the best places to find
0: me. Fabulous. Well, we'll make sure to share those links uh, with this podcast and afterwards as well. Um, Just for for me, in terms of things uh, that I've got coming up, just a reminder, since it is Horror Literature Month, that I have a a zine out called Bombs and Sons. That's available through Plastic Brain Press, who are an indie publishing house, and you can find them on Twitter, at Brain Plastic. Um, or visit them at plastic brain press.com. Um, uh, Hear or Scream have just released their first scene this summer. Um, the theme of that was Summer Madness. And I have an article there on um, Jaws. So visit Hear or Scream and have a look out for that. And also, uh, Grim Journal have uh, a new edition out in September. That is looking at found footage. And I've got a piece in there on narcissists in the found footage subgenre. So if you want to take a look at those, um help yourself. Thank you for joining us for this special episode of the Ghoul's Gang podcast. Huge thank you to my incredible guests, Nina and Alex, for being so fabulous and taking time out of their busy schedules to talk books with me. Don't forget to check out ghoulsmagazine.com for all the latest reviews, editorials and more and keep a lookout throughout September because we have some very cool Stephen King related content in a campaign called, I'm your number one fan. Thanks to everyone for your support. It means so much to us and it helps to keep us alive. In the meantime, keep supporting libraries, keep supporting independent, Uh, authors, publishers, keep reading, and most importantly, keep it ghoulish. Thanks, everybody.